If you are a leader of an organization, a company, a manager, you need to listen to this podcast because today's episode, we have superstar trainer John Cheplak, who's literally coached thousands and thousands of professionals across the nation and around the world, actually. On this episode, you are going to learn some phenomenal principles that can completely improve your life. Take some notes, get ready. So, John, thank you for being on the show. I know you've been extremely successful coaching brokers and managers on recruiting. What would you say inspired you? School of Hard Knocks. My real estate career actually started when I was eight or nine years old. My mother was a single parent raising two little boys. My brother was a year younger than me and taught us how to answer the phone at home and take messages properly uh, because she was a successful real estate agent. But over time, I I got into business when I was 21 and was real fortunate with the success that I had. And I think the thing that I would point out the most is that I was surrounded by brilliant people. And when I say that, uh, a lesson that I was taught, you know, in reflection by Gary Zukoff, he wrote in The Heart of the Soul, he said, Always assume intelligence. And when we always assume intelligence, what takes place is judgment is out of the picture. We have an openness and we can identify with something to learn in the process. And so over time, I had some successes. I saw some things that, you know, certainly I felt I would do different as a leader, evolve into leadership. And you know, my first few years as a branch manager, quite frankly, it was sheer force and terror, <laughs> highly motivated, and um, it, it wasn't going to be sustainable because it wasn't inspiring, it wore me out, and sure, I got a result. But then I started to, to learn and recognize, I saw some parallels in the leadership environment. You know, I lead with the recruiting message because it's the greatest challenge that leaders have and it is the most important thing they can do on a daily basis. But I operated in, in all aspects, obviously, in running a, a branch office and then ending as a, an executive before I got into consulting. But I, I came to recognize that recruiting was the same as being a listing agent. You prospect... Hmm. You verbalize your value proposition. Someone measures whether you're worth it or not. And you continue to follow up. I, and I don't know that it was ever my passion, but I became a student of the game. I, I came to recognize the direct result that recruiting would create for me. And I've learned that as you become skilled in something, you become passionate about it. And then I guess as I matured, you know, I had a desire to share 
what I was able to do with, with other people, and the only way that, you know, I guess that kind of happened by default because when I was the general manager of Prucal, Nevada, Texas, uh, my mentor and a uh, special person to me, Ed Kraftchow, started having me share with other people, you know, how to recruit people outside of our organization. And, and then the light switch kind of went on. I, I said, you know, hey, I can go out and do this. I think there's more I want to share. And I don't want a job. I want a business. And that's how it all got started. And I, I, I think that it's been 10 years now I've been on the road and speaking, coaching, training, developing software in this environment. And uh, I think that uh, the key piece for me is remembering that I am a student on a daily basis. And as long as I stay in that student space, I'm able to transfer value to other people. I was always competitive and athletic, and and so I've just forced my way through to, to get a result. And And the terror was probably my own fear of, you know, wanting to keep my job. And, and I probably was so aggressive at times that I did terrify people. There weren't a lot of style points in the way that I led it. You know, I was, I was in my 20s and, and, and I was, you know, exposed to the antiquated style of look good, sound good, play the part. This is leadership, you know, authority and control. I mean, everything, and, and Hector, you've known me for a few years, you've heard me speak. That's everything that's backwards from what I coach and train today. So, yes, that was the terror part of, of my experience in the past. What would you say that you see in successful people? Is Everyone's different, which we know naturally. I think that everyone has an element of fear in them, and fear can be healthy and fear can be unhealthy. Everything has its duality. And so I guess I, I go down a different path than maybe what you're looking for, but it's my truth and in, in my experience. Everything has its duality, and fear can, A, shut a person down. It can cause people to be emotional and paralyze them. Or what fear can do is it can really motivate someone it, uh, you know, you've seen people probably that, you know, they, they respond at the highest level when they're in a space of desperation and fear. Yeah. And so it's that discernment process. And I think from a leadership role, I mean, dovetailing this over into recruiting and leadership is, you know, what is it that motivates people? Is it fear? Or is it inspiration? Is it, I'm afraid, so I've got to act? Or I'm inspired, and so I'm excited, and I'm going to act? Um, I can't answer what the ratio is. I can say that is the most critical thing to identify. I know you're consistently learning new things. Do you have any favorite books that you've referenced year after year? I have my, my staples, my ones that... Uh, no matter where I'm at, and you've seen me on the road a few times, if you check my backpack or my suitcase or with me on an airplane, uh, Heart of the Soul by Gary Zukoff is one. The Four Agreements is another. And The Power of Now. And 
the interesting part of those is that not one of them has a single thing to do with business, but it has everything to do with business. We are in such a content-laden business environment, and we think that just lopping more stuff on top of things is going to create a solution. And it's more content. We try stuff. We get um, adoption levels that are less than 5% in our industry. And it's a relationship between broker and, and agent of what have you done for me lately. And this is a product of leadership not getting. You are not in the real estate business. You are in the human resource, human development business. I was excited to hear the, the title that you had shared with me, and I think that we, you know, we resonate and we connect. We, we've chatted before. And I think you get that element of, of the human behavior piece. You know, it's the uh, as I go out and consult with people and coach people, and, and I'll talk to them about the books and ask that this question. And you know, here's one of the things that we do see. I do see is 90% of the books that people read are how to get rich how to make money. And I have one question for these people that have these books on their bookcase and talk about what they just read and what they just learned. And and I guess I have a statement. Um, Good for you, number one. And then the question is, have you figured out what it is that's getting in the way of doing what you want to do, need to do, should do, and most importantly, know how to do. And it's avoided. I think it's avoided with all due respect to other speakers, trainers, and coaches because stylistically we're different. It's avoided because it's not sexy. It's avoided because it doesn't sell. It's avoided because it's the truth and people are afraid to share the truth because in truth is accountability. And we've been so trained that accountability is bad. It's not a good thing because accountability has been basically inflicted on us instead of experienced. And the accountability that most of us are used to includes judgment and condemnation. Whereas my understanding and experience what I strive to create in my relationships is an accountability space of observing or noticing without judgment. And so... You know, I look at books that are going to help me grow as a human being. There are just, you know, some basic principles in life that we're all aware of. And you can read all the motivational books that you want, but I think that most of them all come back to some basic principles. And it's just sticking to the basics, sticking to the basics. So that's that's the stuff that I keep with me. Um, overarching space, I want to understand human behavior. Any book that I can read or seminar that I can go to, I want to understand human behavior because that's the business I'm in. That's true, and that's a, that's some great uh, great insight there. Going to to some of those principles, if you were to give a tip to uh, you know maybe an agent or a manager or broker struggling with their business right now. What would you tell them? Get out of content and get into context. 
as I stated earlier, it's the next bright, shiny object. I get the privilege of speaking next week at uh, Remax Kickstart in Toronto. And I believe it's going to be about 5,000 agents. Wow. And I'm not going to bring the bright, shiny object. I'm not going to bring the magic pill. The magic pill is going to be sitting in the chair in front of me, 5,000 of them. And I'm not going to bring the latest and greatest tool because you know what? How many of those have been rolled out to them? The bottom line is what is it that has kept them from taking the action? My suggestion to leadership is, number one, stop treating your agents like customers because the customer is always right. That's a singularly accountable relationship. It's a one-way road. It's a win-lose, and you're on the defense. Operate in mutually accountable relationships. And the only way you do that is moving your agents from being customers to being your business partner, getting people to understand that we all serve the whole, that the whole is healthy, the part will thrive. But the only way that they can do this is stepping up to the plate. And instead of, you know, I think taking it down to a, a, a day-to-day operation, is getting people to make commitments to things that they want to do, having a deadline, checking in with them, and when you check in and measure, measure without judgment. Simply, it's the way you interact with people. The first word that leadership needs to get rid of in their repertoire is why. And think about that. Why puts people on the defense? Why is judgment in spades. You've got to have an accountability matrix. People get so caught up in strategies and tactics and being skilled. Well, here's what I've learned. A system will always mask the lack of skill sets. And I will declare this. Leadership lacks the accountability skill set. And so you must have a system. And that system goes like this. It's real simple. You get people to make a commitment. Number one, you've got to operate your your organization from a foundation of principles, principles that were taught to me by my mentor. And the number one is, is uh, personal responsibility. And the second is accountability. So how do we do this accountability thing? And this accountability thing is, number one, people have to go in and make a commitment. It has to specifically be measurable. It has to have a deadline, and you have to check in. And when we check in, here's how we check in. Did you have a commitment? Did you keep a commitment? If they didn't keep it, what got in the way? Do you keep it in self-discovery? Did you have? Did you keep? What got in the way? What did you learn? What would you do different? Do you want to abandon or recommit and acknowledge them for what you did accomplish? But everyone's been so trained in its accountability of the beat down. Did you listen? No. Why? What would you say? Why didn't you say this? Well, you should have done that. Shuts the human being down, and it's the subtleties of working with the human being. See, that's not inspiring. Did you listen to why? Well, 
they uh, they wanted too much from us. Well, didn't you go through the the um, dialogues that we share with you on on pricing? You, you want the class, you want this. No, you don't need to beat people down. Let them figure it out. In the highest form of retention and learning and inspiration, it's from self-discovery. So you've got to have an accountable context, and you've got to be willing to hold people accountable, and you've got to do it the right way, without judgment and condemnation. The only reason, here's the flip side, why doesn't it take place? As I put the why in there. <laughs> because leaders are afraid agents will leave them, and they're afraid for two reasons. Number one, they don't believe they have enough value to keep someone. They, they haven't made enough deposits in the business partnership with the agent. There's not enough value. There's not enough traction. Number two, they're not continually prospecting and recruiting. You know, the comparison I use is this, and I'll ask leaders. I did on the coaching call. I think he, um, you were on the call Monday, Hector? Yeah, I was Possibly. on it. Mm-hmm. I think I yep. used the analogy of... of you know, your listing agent that has your agent that has one or two listings, they're a hostage to that seller. That's all they got going on, and they're not prospecting. They can't be any principle. Whereas the the top producer with multiple listings that continues to prospect for more listings can stand in principle. Doesn't have to manipulate the process. And then we take those parallels to leadership. I think that's you know that was the thing that I got. And I'm still getting it, if you will, but that's the thing that I got when I started to recognize this this recruiting and leadership thing. So I hope that, that answers the question. You've got to have context. Stop throwing stuff at people to do that's magical, it's gonna, you know, create amazing results. Why don't you support them in discovering what's getting in the way of taking the action that will get the result? What's one of the your favorite aspects of the work that you do? Challenging people to expect more from themselves than they or anyone else has accepted and expected from them in the past. And when they have that breakthrough and see a picture of their potential, and my, by the way, definition of potential is simply getting a result that's different from the one you've experienced in the past. How do you want to be remembered? I've served, I've led, I've inspired unselfishly. Where can we find you? Sure, you can go to com, and I can be followed on Twitter at John Sheplack, and that's J O N. C-H-E-T-L-A-K, so checklacklive.com and Twitter at John Cheplack. John, it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast. We really appreciate your time, and if there's anything we could do for you, feel free to let us know, and uh, we'll definitely be in touch. My best to you, Hector. Talk to you soon. All right. Thank you, John. So that wraps episode number two of the Think Status podcast. Thank you to John for joining us. Thank you for listening. Please give us a great review on iTunes if you feel you enjoyed the show. If you're watching this on YouTube, please subscribe to our channel, subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you're listening to it. Thank you. Music for today's show was brought to you by El Rio Los Angeles. 
check out their album on bandcamp.com. Search for El Rio Los Angeles. The album is called Fortaleza by El Rio. The name of the song is Lleve Fuego. So hope you enjoyed the podcast and I will catch you on the next one. Mi gente se levanta quitándose el traje de Babilonia, bailando ahora en vestido tradicional. 
la primavera ha regresado y el verano corazones calentará. Pronto que pronto nos convertiremos en la tierra, unidos con el mundo germinaremos con ella. Ojos serán hojas comiendo del sol y la mente se abrirá como una flor.